What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. I am excited to have Beth Wilkes Ferraco on the show today. Hi, Beth. How are yes. you? Hi, Chris. What's up? Welcome, welcome. Um, if you could uh, maybe introduce yourself, let let everybody listening know kind of who who you are, what you do, um, and uh, the types of things you like to help people work on. All right. Um, let's see. I am a online nutrition and strength coach I actually coach in person um that's how it all started and i still do um at a local gym here in maine um and i'm pretty much transitioning to all online right now um mostly you know i focus a lot on nutrition i love the strength part of it but, but nutrition is my niche i guess you can say um yeah so that's what i do just help um a lot of women in their 40s um you know, trying to like going through perimenopause, menopause, all that kind of stuff. Um, just, you know, better their lives. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I want to, um, this is the first time we've gotten to, to talk to each other one-on-one and I kind of want to just maybe start by learning a little bit about, about you and, and your fitness journey. I, I think a fun, a fun piece of doing podcasts like this is just to learn, uh, from other people, you know, maybe where they started and, and where they are now and, and kind of how they, they got there. Because I think, um, maybe a common issue that people run into is not having the best starting point and kind of having to stick with it long enough to navigate to what works for them. So I think sharing what we've been through to, to get to a a place where, you know, we're in a good spot and we feel good with the nutrition and training, how everything comes together is really, uh, beneficial. And I know you, you shared, um, a decent amount on different social media platforms, just about, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of what your journey has been like. So I'm interested to, to hear about that. Yeah. Um, mine started really, um, when I quit drinking, um, I had a, I started drinking a lot and, it was like at 42, it was pretty bad. And, um, so one day I was like, I can't do this anymore. Um, I had an event that happened that kind of made me realize, okay, I, um, was at a summer barbecue and I drove home on like a bottle of wine with my three-year-old, uh, son and my six or seven, maybe at the time stepdaughter. And it was like 30 minutes away. Um, and I don't remember, it was like my anniversary. Um, so it was August in the summer and I don't remember anything that happened. I don't remember like getting home. My husband was like, what the heck? Um, so we didn't really have a really good anniversary evening, so to say. Um, so the next day just was like, I, if, if I continue to do what I'm doing, I'm going to either kill myself, get someone else killed, hurt the children. You know, it was just something needed to be needed to be done. Um, so there was an AA meeting down the street for me, literally I could walk, um, it was a couple blocks away. So I decided I to go, which was really hard because I thought about it for years. You know, it was like one of those things you're like, "Mm, there's no way I'm not an alcoholic. Like I'm not going to go to AA me. No, Mm -hmm. How how could I do that? So I just did it. And I went every single day for a year. Um, and during that time I met a girl, her name was Allison and, um, she was not in the program. It was like through Facebook. She was putting a thing up about doing like a early morning boot camp outside. It was, you know, end of summer, September, October ish at that time. 
So it was still warm, still light out in the morning. So I met her um, and a few others every day at 5.30 a.m. And um, right after that, I went to the AA meeting. So it was like workout, AA, and then came home. I had to do everything at that time um, before eight in the morning because my husband um, owns a business and I was a stay-at-home mom. So okay. I, had to, I had to be home for the kids. They were little at that time. Um, so that's how it, it began. And then from there, she kind of like, we kind of like separated for a little while. We got, she got me into running. I started running like a bunch of races, um, you know, half marathons, 5Ks, all that stuff. Um, she said, we kind of like separated. She got another job and I'm like, what am I going to do? Who am I going to work out with? So a gym just happened to open actually again, like down the street. So I went and started taking classes there. Um, and what happened they were looking for a, someone to work at the front desk. And I was like, you know, that'd be perfect for me right now. My son's just starting to go to preschool. So I can kind of fit that in. Yeah. Um, so I started working at the front desk and my boss, who's my really good friend right now, Hunter Grindle. He's a, he's in the mentorship group. Cool. Um, yeah. He, um, asked me if I wanted to start, um, training and I was like, yeah, that'd be like, amazing so i started interning there he has like literally he started my whole entire um he believed in me and just saw something in me i did not see in myself so um, that's pretty much where it began um i got certified went to um where is it? i think it was not maybe massachusetts and got certified through mike boyle certified functional strength coach and i took my nutrition cert and also got a, a separate personal training cert at the same time um, so this is over like the course of a few years, but, um, my main focus was nutrition first, because when I was working out there and uh, me, I was like, why am I not losing any weight? I don't understand. And I felt like all the women in there were working so hard during the classes and we were all kind of in the same boat in our forties. And I don't think any of us at the time were really focused on our nutrition at all. Mm. Um, so it was like one of those things, like, I don't understand what's going on. Why am I working so hard, but nothing's happening. Um, <laughs> And I joined the inner circle at that kind of same time too. So I'm uh, gotcha. in the inner circle. I've been in there for like three years. Okay. So as I'm doing my nutrition course and, you know, learning through Jordan, I was like, oh my God, calorie deficit. <laughs> <laughs> it's magic. <laughs> wow. Like seriously, when I started, um, I knew I never used a food scale before I was, you know, I was like, I eat so healthy, but I was eating like so much brown rice. I mean, like seconds and like adding tons of butters and oils and things. I just wasn't thinking, yeah. you know, smoothies that were probably like a thousand calories. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> you're like just dumping peanut butter in and, you know, <laughs> um, so it wasn't until I really took control and was like, okay, I'm going to do this and let's count calories that start measuring. I started instantly losing weight and I was like, this is a game changer. Yeah. So that like, you know, started the fire inside of me be like okay so yeah that's kind of it in a nutshell <laughs> that's great yeah i uh, i can relate with you on just kind of having that first discovery of weighing out food and tracking it after after a long period of time of trying to do something but maybe not even realizing that it's not dialed in the way that it needs to be um mm -hmm. I, i've I say this all the time on the podcast, but like I, I was always very, very skinny, like too skinny to play any sports or anything like that. So mm -hmm. I always wanted to figure out how to figure out how to build muscle. 
but I always had this like all in or all or nothing approach on like one thing. So I would be like, okay, well, I'm going to lift and I'm going to do it every day because obviously more is better. Right. And, Mm -hmm. uh, not, not understanding all the pieces that come together, but I, to go back to what you said about just discovering the calorie deficit, like when I met my wife, she had actually been doing CrossFit for years and Mm -hmm. had been using my fitness pal and been tracking her food and stuff like that. And and Mm -hmm. she was the one man, seven or eight years ago now that, that showed me, oh, you can actually plug this stuff in and like be a little bit more calculated about it. It's not crazy. It's not, it's not going to overwhelm you or take over your life, but if you can implement this into your routine, that might help you. And then, I mean, it was like that, like progress started to happen. Yeah. It's insane. And I feel like awareness is really key. And I feel like, you know, if I was just more aware, I just didn't have a clue, you know, and I was, I really concentrated on exercise. That was the number one. And now I'm realizing that that's, it should be switched around. Yeah. Yeah. Nutrition first exercise, you know, second. I agree. Um, Yeah. And, And I, you know, going back to, um, what you said about, you know, just getting into AA and then, um, you know, the gym around the corner presenting an opportunity to you. It seems like in making that switch for you, it was kind of, and correct me if I'm wrong, but like all about getting in the right environment and being around the right people. It seems like for you that that was really pivotal to yeah. take you in the direction you're looking to go. Yeah. And it just happened like kind of organically um, that way. When I was uh, 17, I actually w- was in Arizona at the time and I went I wanted to be a nutrition major. So I was actually in college studying nutrition. Oh, cool. That did not last. I ended up moving to California. At that time, my father passed away. So I was just kind of like young and um, just was like running from state to state, basically trying to grieving, you know, as I look back, it's like, um, so I moved to California and just, you know, lived on the beach, you know, worked at bars. And kind of now it's can like 20 something years ago came full circle that I'm kind of like back into that, what I wanted to be in the first place when I was yeah. a kid. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. So are you originally from uh, Maine or are you from originally from elsewhere? I'm originally from Connecticut. Oh, okay. So you're, you're back in the same yeah. general area. Yeah. Gotcha. But when my father, we lived in Maine uh, the last few years of my high school, um, my dad passed away four days before graduation, um, my senior year. That's when I kind of like left home. I traveled, went to Florida, Arizona, California. I just hopping. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, well, a lot of, uh, so I love your social media platform, like all of them. <laughs> I love following what you do, and what you put out there. Cause I feel like your approach is pretty no nonsense. And, um, I think that's really helpful, honestly. And and I'm sure it helps a lot of people. And and I love it too. Just seeing like, Hey, you know what? Here's the fact here's maybe why what you've heard. It isn't as true as you think it is or want it to be. And, and I think that's, that's super helpful. I'm curious if, um, like where, where did that come about for you? Is it because maybe you continually saw people getting hung up on the same issues or um, like, I'm just curious because I feel like you 
you're more straightforward than a lot of other people. And I, like I said, I love it. And, and I wish more people were like that. It's funny because either you love it or re- people are like, whoa, <laughs> wow, that's intense. But I just feel, I think I've always been like that. I've always been a truth seeker. Mm-hmm. I don't like to be bullshitted and I don't like to bullshit. Like, I think it's just why, let's just cut to the chase. <laughs> you know why I'm not going to sit here and like tell you what you want to hear just because you want to hear it. I'm going to be honest with you because I wish someone would really would have told me. I feel like a lot of people were never really honest with me. Like, I, you know, I've had like, I was a mess. I was drinking all the time, but everyone was just like, oh, Beth is so strong. We're not going to do anything. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, I just feel like people need to not be babied. Um, especially these days, I feel like people just want to be babied. So many people are so sensitive and it's like, come on, grow up. <laughs> You know, I don't know, maybe just because I've also been through a, a lot. I've had a, you know, a lot that I've dealt with in my life. And so I don't know. I just don't have any time for the nonsense. Yeah, I, I could see that. Like you want to pull on your past experience and maybe help people um, not run into the same roadblocks that, that you've run in and just be like, hey, no, like I'm telling you, like I've been like, yeah. You don't want to count your calories, but I'm telling you, like, if you do it, if you get yourself into a calorie deficit like that, you're going to, it's going to help you make progress. Right. Uh, yeah. I, I can, I can understand that. And there's a few, so a few topics that I've seen you post about recently were ones that, that I wanted to dive into. And the well, the first one is, <laughs> I feel like I've been asking everybody this lately, <laughs> where where is, why are people eating 1200 calories and where did that come from? Like, why is that a thing? I, you know, it's really scary actually. And yeah, it's just been some arbitrary number that people come up with. And I know it's right. because honestly, I feel like I need to write my fitness pal and be like, stop giving everyone 1200 calories on your app because they believe it. And then yeah. they don't believe us. <laughs> it's like, right. you don't need to starve to lose weight. And people just feel like, I think it's a diet culture that we grew up with. I mean, my mom, she was always on a diet doing like the cabbage soup diet or some crazy (laughs) cockamamie thing. Always like Jenny Craig, you know, she was, it it was nuts. I grew up with that. Um, so it's, you know, they want to be, they feel like they need to take away everything instead of like adding, let's add some veggies. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. You know, let's not take away carbs. Yeah. Or substitute instead of just like completely eliminate. Yeah. It's like a balance. Yeah. I, um, I actually, right before we hopped on here, I, on, I had a comment on one of my TikTok videos that said like, I I've been eating 1200 calories for a few weeks and it worked really well for the first two weeks. Uh, I'm feeling a little tired this week though. So I feel a little bit different. I want to be like, well, yeah, that's because you didn't have to you yeah. didn't have to do that. There's a more sustainable, healthy way to, to try and lose some weight and um, maybe make it sustainable. And like, I don't know, I get it. I, I get that. So often we have like a time point. Mm-hmm. So we're saying, I want to lose this amount of weight and I want to do it by this day. Yeah. Um, and especially with warmer weather around the corner, a lot of people want to slim down for vacations and um, go to the beach and stuff like that. Uh, so I, I get that part of it. And maybe that's why we have almost this idea in our head of trying to race, make it a race to lose weight by a certain day. But I think overall, um, it, it doesn't have to be that way. And, and yeah, the 1200 calorie thing, I just, 
I don't get it. And I, I agree with you. I think it's, it's dangerous and kind of, kind of sad because when you do get those comments where people legitimately think that's what they're supposed to do, um, run into issues and are feeling awful about it, then it's like, okay, well, how do you dig yourself out of that hole? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, you're, I'm seeing a lot of 800, 800 calories. Like it's like, it's the diet restricted binge cycle. Uh, I'm seeing like restrict and then they can't stick to it. So then they completely binge. And so they're thinking that they're on a complete 1200 calorie diet when in fact they are only in 1200 calories during the week. And then they completely like eat everything back on the weekend. And then they start over on Monday. So it's almost like they have food amnesia. They completely forgot what happened on the weekend and they're, they are really on 1200 calories, but they're really not. Yeah. Yeah. You can, you can easily eat your way out of a calorie deficit uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) with a, with a fun weekend. (laughs) Another thing, it's funny too, because when I tell people what, you know, what they can eat, because I was like, what should my calorie deficit be? And I've always was taught go weight times 12. I mean, you could do 10 to 12, but you'll be really hungry on the, if you do times 10, they're like, that is so much food. There's no way I can eat that much. I'm like, do you know how much you're eating now? (laughs) (laughs) If you actually knew how much you're eating now, you would not think that. So, so is that how you, um, help people kind of break out of that mindset is just physically helping them to start to document everything. Yeah. It's like, okay, start writing everything down. Why don't you just don't give yourself a calorie number, just start tracking in my fitness pal and let me see like what you you come up with. And then, then tell me if it's too much. And then they're like, then they're like, Oh my God, I did not realize how much I was eating. Kind of like me. It was like, okay, just start tracking and see. And it's like, Ooh, okay. Yeah. I think, especially when you account for the, I've, I've seen you talk about licks, bites, tastes, stuff like that. Like, yeah when you really account for that, I think that's super eye-opening in some cases. Yeah. I mean, as a mother, you're picking off your kid's plate. You don't think about it. I'm going to eat his extra chicken nugget. I'm going to have some goldfish. You know, you're just grabbing handfuls, you know, Mm. it's like, you're not a trash can. (laughs) (laughs) I've never heard that. I love that though. (laughs) Stop eating off your kid's plate. And then they forget they did it. Yeah, that's true. That's kind of a, you know, you mentioned before, like a a generational thing with like where um, maybe some attitudes or behaviors you witness with parents and and how they associated with food and stuff like that. I feel like that's one, like I'm in my mid thirties and I feel like that's mm -hmm. one that I can relate to was you had to, the plate has to be clean, right? We have to clean the plate at, you know, so however long it's going to take you to eat your dinner, you got to clean your plate and you're going to be at the yeah. dinner table until that happens, which is a, an interesting, um, an interesting take on it. And, and hopefully that is maybe changing for people. Yeah. I grew up the, with the clean your plate club for sure. Like sit there until you eat everything or else you're, you know, you're not going to eat dinner or yeah. you're going to go to bed. Yeah. It's like, it's like punishment. And I feel like people like, especially as parents, we reward or we want to reward our kids. Like, okay, if you do this, you get ice cream. If you do this, you get this. And it's like, no, food is not a reward for something that you've done. And that's something that I've had to change as a parent myself through learning. Um, you know, I always tell my son, you don't have to, if you're not hungry, you don't need to finish your food. You know, it's okay. Mm-hmm. So it's like trying to instill in him everything that I wasn't taught, <laughs> you know, so, yeah, I, I have a, a daughter who's almost seven months old and 
my wife and I talk about all the time, just like, you know, we're not at the point yet where she has any real concept of like what we're saying. And it's about food and about Mm -hmm. fitness and about, you know, how it may be perceived or absorbed by her. But we do talk Mm -hmm. a lot about what that needs to look like when she gets to that age where like, um, and, and again, another thing that you posted the other day, like kids thinking they need to earn their calories. So like, just like, yeah, just like how you said calories are a reward, but you've also said calories are not punishment. And that's one I think about all the time. Like, I think our generation almost perpetuates that idea of like you exercise so that you can eat more on the weekend. And you don't think that that is a dangerous thing to say because you say it with your friends or whatever. Ha ha. It's a joke. Yeah. And, and you, by doing that, are creating an unhealthy relationship for yourself. But then as you get older and you continue to say that stuff around your kids, it just kind of perpetuates the unhealthy relationship. Oh, it's, it's, it, did you see the last video I made um, about not eating your calories burned? And I had literally hundreds of girls, little girls, I'm talking because I looked at their profiles, like between mm-hmm. ages 10 and 16, telling them that I triggered their eating disorder. Um, talking about, you know, how you should not eat your calories back or pay attention to your watch um, for what it says for calories burned, because it's completely inaccurate. And it stirred up a lot. And it actually made me really sad to see how many kids are focused on their watches and what the watch says just to eat food. It's a, it's a huge problem. And I'm like, why are you focusing on, they're like, I'm not going to eat now since you said that I'm like, okay, they, they depend on their watches, what it says to eat food. That's That's scary. That's really scary. It's, it's really scary. I um, am. Yeah. I, that makes me think of, of, you know, talking about my fitness pal and how like you wish you could call them and tell them to like, stop telling people what Mm -hmm. your algorithm says they should eat. I've, I've often thought, I can't believe that companies are allowed to produce a wearable technology that can estimate calories burned for you because the, 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 it seems like the only thing it does for people is, is, create some type of relationship that's unhealthy because you're either trying to work out to burn calories, which is not healthy, or you're trying to burn calories to eat or dictate when you can eat or shouldn't eat. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, we know that there's research that says these devices are the error rate is like 25 to 30% on some of them. It's not even close. Um, And I don't know, like, do you have, ha- have you found any successful ways to, to break through that with people other than just trying to uh, lay out the facts? Cause that's one I struggle with. I feel like it's so, it's become so ingrained yeah. that it's hard to walk back from it. I haven't really had any issues yet because I feel like it's more with the younger children slash teenagers, which is disturbing. <laughs> um, less than the adults. Like I I usually, I just tell them, listen, turn off the exercise calories on your app. Do not pay attention to what it says. Let's you're exercising for health, for muscle building, which is actually going to raise your BMR. You control the calories going in. You cannot control. You have no idea how much you're burning. That's defeating the purpose. Yeah. Um, but I really think it needs for the younger generation who is so focused on this 
And I don't even know why half of them, these 10 year olds should not be having an Apple watch. They probably shouldn't even be on TikTok. Um, why are they, <laughs> why are they looking at people losing weight on this app yeah. uh, right now? <laughs> um, and I think a lot has to do with this pandemic. The parents are home. A lot of people have gained weight during this time. So they're modeling, like we, like I was talking about what the parents are doing yeah. and saying, and it is an epidemic right now. I feel like it just, it's, if you go look at that video and look at the um, comments, it's horrifying, horrifying. Yeah. That's, that's scary. I, um, yeah. That's another one. I, I think of just in general, like even beyond like what type of language do we use in front of our daughter, but like when they, yeah. when she gets to the age of, you know, understanding that the social media platforms are there and, and how to balance that. And just like, you can only control what you say in front of your kids, but then there's this whole world on social media where it's unfiltered. Yeah. Yeah. That's scary. <laughs> it's, very, it's very scary. I'm so glad I did not grow up with social media. I mean, I'm 48, so we didn't have that until I was probably late thirties. I think yeah. when the iPhone came out. Yeah. I, I signed up for a, a Twitter account in 2009, which was my, that was my senior year of college. And mm -hmm. up until that point, I didn't have an iPhone. I had a, I had a trusty flip phone, which was great. Yeah. And sometimes I look back on that era and wish I still had a trusty Motorola razor flip phone because I wasn't so connected to everything yeah. all the time. Yeah. Those were yeah. the good old days. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, another one that you posted about was um, people blaming their hormones for maybe mm -hmm. issues with progress. And, and I'm curious to hear about that one because that's not that's not one I've encountered as much mm -hmm. sometimes, but but I'm I'm curious to to hear about that and and maybe is that a type of is that a piece of feedback that you you tend to get? It it happens a lot. Yes. Um, especially women in their forties. And I mean, I'm 48 and I've actually, I did that. I was that person. I was like, mm. it's my hormones. And I asked my husband, it's, he's like, Beth, you spent, I spent so much money on supplements. I went to like naturopathic doctors. I was like, there's something wrong with me. And this is a, during the whole working out, um, getting sober, but nothing's changing process mm -hmm. because I wasn't concentrating on my nutrition. Um, yeah, I even got my progesterone, like estrogen tested. I was just low on progesterone. That was it. Um, and so I blamed every, I blamed everything. I was like, oh, it's because I'm in my forties and uh, it's my hormones. You know, I was that person. And then I started losing weight when I was tracking calories and I'm like, oh, well it is, you know, it's not my hormones. It was me. <laughs> um, and it's, I think a lot of people do not like to take ownership or they just want to blame everything on something. And that's makes that's it a hard. little bit easier if you go yeah. that route. And it, it's less work. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. I think um the the age just in general aging, I think people get to a certain point where for whatever reason the the mindset if if you experience some struggles, it sometimes goes to, well, maybe I'm just past the point in my life where I could do whatever it is. So train hard, get stronger, lose weight. Um, and, and, and that's an important one to, to help people understand, you know, whether the claim is hormones or, or anything else related with age that 
you're not as limited as maybe you think you are. Yeah. And it's, it's like the habits. I had really bad habits. I mean, at the, you know, drinking a, eh? but causes sleep issues. So mm-hmm. there's, there's one it's like, okay, if you're not sleeping, you're more hungry, you're going to eat. Um, there's all these different factors that people just don't take into consideration. It's like, okay, but you're drinking like a shit ton of wine every night. You're snacking after you're drinking the wine, then you don't get any sleep. And then you're stressed. Um, you don't exercise as much because you're tired. Um, so it's a, it's a chain of events, but it's your hormones. <laughs> yeah. 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 The, the drinking one, um, gets a lot of people in. Yeah. I, I noticed myself, you know, going from probably drinking six beers a night each night on the weekend to cutting it down to a, a beer over the mm-hmm. weekend. Just that wasn't, that didn't happen, you know, the snap of the fingers, obviously it yeah. doesn't for anybody, but like slowly getting to that point and, and seeing just how, you know, making that one change can improve all the other things that you were just saying, like y- y- you wake up feeling more energized. You're, you're able to do the things throughout the day. You're not as tired or sluggish or anything like that. Um, that was, that was a game changer, but, and that's just one habit. So imagine if you can stack habits yeah. over time, how much better you're going to, you're going to feel. But I think, you know, stacking habits, it takes so much time mm-hmm. and, and it's hard to, it's hard to get people pulled in. Um, and, and, and I think hopefully that's a, an area where coaches like, like you and I, and, and others can help people continue with the process because, um, I feel like everybody has a, a cutoff point. Some people it's very, it's very quickly. It's one or mm-hmm. two weeks. And and some people it's like after three or four months, but, um, being able to, to stick with it and stick through the process of stacking habits, which as we know, habits don't change overnight, um, yeah. is, is I think maybe one of the biggest hurdles that people run into. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and changing, wanted to do everything all or nothing. Yeah. Like, no, just focus on one thing. Okay. What is one thing you could do this week? That's easy. Like drink more water, walk for 10 minutes even, or, you know, a day and then add something. When you master that one habit, you add something else. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's not sexy. That's not exciting. <laughs> it's not quick. And it's not quick. No, it's not. It's not. Um, <laughs> well, so, uh, um, something that I like to, to ask as well is, you know, in terms of navigating through a goal. Um, so it, we've talked a lot about weight loss, so maybe we could focus on that, you know, and I think we've touched on, on some of these as we've gone through the conversation, but maybe to just kind of try and pull them all together. Like mm-hmm. are for somebody that, that comes to you, it says, Beth, I, you know, I really want to lose weight. I've struggled up until this point. Um, what are the first steps that you think I should take to actually get to that goal? You know, just like those first couple of steps, to start to put the pieces together to, to move in the right direction? Um, I think first, like we said um, before, is I always say, okay, let's, let's take a look at what, what are you eating? Let's focus on like, why don't you just write everything down? Um, start there, you know, just cause awareness is key and let's start there. So we can just get like a, a gauge of like how much you're eating. And then right then it's like, it's almost an immediate light bulb is awareness. It's like, okay. Now I understand that Beth, I've heard this like Beth, oh my God, I was eating so much. Mm. Like this really, this really like woke my, woke me up. And so that's always a key one. Like I said before, like not giving them a calorie goal, just say, okay, just track your calories for like a week Mm -hmm. and let's, let's see. 
And that is usually the first step. A lot of some people though, you know, um, do not want to count calories. I think I've only had like one or two people um, that had a previous or they were dealing with like a previous binge eating disorder or something that would, they haven't had for like 10 years or because I never work with anyone that has like a active eating disorder. So that's mm -hmm. our, out of our scope of practice. Um, but the three plates, two snacks, I don't know if you heard of that, like Jordan is a huge um, with that, that, you know, we could start there too with that. And that has worked well. Yeah. So just limiting your overall intake to, to, I think it's, it's three main meals and then you get two snacks kind of throughout the day, wherever you want them. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I like that. I think there's something to even taking pictures of the food as well. And then like, mm -hmm. I don't know, there's something about going back into your camera roll and then scrolling through to see, and it all kind of stacks there in a grid. And sometimes yeah. you're like, Whoa, like, okay. Or if they know they have to take pictures, they're like, okay. Yeah. I want to make it look <laughs> I'm better. Gonna than... have a, I'm going to have a salad today. Yeah, yeah. 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 There's that kind mm -hmm. of inherent accountability, uh, that comes with it. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I like, I like, I like what you said. They're not even starting with a calorie goal a lot of the time, because I think there's something about if you haven't tracked before, just doing that process, mm -hmm. you're probably going to clean up your diet a little bit because you yeah. have to write it all down. Yeah. Yeah. And I see a lot of people, they start to lose weight initially before we even assign any type of calorie goal or anything mm -hmm. like that because of that simple fact that it's like, all right, well, if I have to look at it, if I have to write it down, if I have to send somebody pictures of it, I, I, I maybe need to clean things up a little bit. Yeah. And it takes used to getting to that. Uh, if you've never tracked calories also, I'm like, okay, just get used to the app, try to figure it out. There's a barcode and it's just like the first month I always tell them, listen, it's, it's the learning. The first month's all about learning. Mm -hmm. So that's why I, I do a three month minimum because the first month they're just getting used to it. They don't get into the groove of it till like week three or four. Right. Right. It's kind of like a, the first month is kind of like an introduction to new habits. And like yeah. we said, as, as, as you introduce habits, they're not going to happen the snap of a finger, but, mm -hmm. um, so just like even making mistakes while you do that is, yeah. is important and it helps you figure out the right way to do things. Yeah. And creating a healthy relationship with the scale is another one that I think the scale, um, I've been trying to really focus on teaching people that scale weight loss and fat loss are two different things. Yeah. And just from, um, coaching and some people these, these days, um, that they've, the inches come off a lot of the more times than the scale, especially if they started a new strength train, uh, training program they won't see initial scale weight loss, mm -hmm. uh, even while tracking, but the inches are insane. And then when you put the photos together and see the inches and you have that to show them, they're like, wow, like, because you're losing fat. If when, what people don't realize is when they do 1200 calorie diets, they're losing muscle, they're losing water, they're losing bone. So they're seeing scale weight loss, but it may not be fat loss. Yeah. That's, I'm so glad you brought that up. That, that is a very difficult one. Yeah, uh, to communicate as well, um, because the scale has been the focal point of progress for everybody forever, yeah. and it doesn't always mean you're making the progress that you're you're looking for. Um, 
And that's why things like waist measurements are important and progress pictures are important because um, I actually, I, I had a client recently who um, had a, a, a pretty high level athletic background. So he was a former college football player and um, hadn't lifted in a while. It had been five or six years since that phase of his life. And then we got back into lifting. He wanted to, to lose weight. Um, and the scale really wasn't moving, mm-hmm. but the measurements were improving because, you know, from having a high level athletic background, his ability to regain that muscle that he built years ago was just, I mean, head and shoulders above the average person. So we're rebuilding muscle at a very high rate. Um, and the scale doesn't move, but like helping to outline why that's the case is, is important because like you said, scale weight and fat loss are, I mean, two, they're sometimes related and Mm -hmm. often they are, but they're also two completely different things. Yeah. Yeah. That's a hard pill to swallow for a lot of people. I don't, it's like the scale is so like it, it consumes some people's just whole entire existence. I feel like, yeah. And really like helping them realize that listen, like if, when someone says, I want to be this weight by this time, it's like, okay, let's not focus on the weight. Let's focus on everything else. Let's focus on your habits instead of that, like weight that you think you're going to be, or feel the best at, and everything's going to be perfect. There's going to be unicorns flying through the air when that number (laughs) um, hits the scale. (laughs) It's like, no. Yeah. Yeah. That's a tough one. That's a tough one. I I don't, um, sometimes, you know, that may mean we just stop stepping on the scale for a while, mm-hmm. I think, um, yeah. which is, which is also hard that, you know, the, the going all in seems to be very easy for a lot of people, but it's the, it's the pulling back. Cause I, I feel like pulling back on stepping on the scale. I think if you can step on the scale every day and, and it's, you, you have a, okay, at least an okay relationship with it to understand that like the scale is mm-hmm. going to go up and down and yeah. there's only so much we can do about that. Um, if you can do that every day, that's great. You get more data and that's really what it is, is data. Mm-hmm. Um, but to, to pull back from that is, can be very difficult. And even like with training to say, okay, we've trained hard for four to five weeks. Mm-hmm. We're going to hit a, a deload this week. I want you to still, we're still going to work out, but it's going to be less intense. We're going to pull the volume back. This is going to be a week that's pretty much like active recovery so mm-hmm. that you're feeling energized and ready to go when we hit the gym next week. Yeah. And, you know, we'll continue to make progress. It's just kind of a pause. Even making that, you know, the ability to pull back there, I think is, is really tough uh, to pe- yeah. for people to just get like, more of like a moderate approach, I guess is what, is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, well, this has been great, Beth. Thank you for, for jumping yeah, on, on the podcast. Absolutely. I really appreciate it. Um, where can, uh, where can people find you? Let, let people know, uh, where you're located, especially on the talk on the TikTok. On the talk. You know, what's so funny is I poo-pooed TikTok for so long. I was like, I'm never doing TikTok. There's no way. Um, and then that challenge, were you in the mentorship when that started? I joined after I joined right after. after. Yeah. I was like, okay, I guess I'm just going to start and see how it goes. Cause I, Jordan and, um, Enrico, I don't know if you know, and he was yeah, yeah. videographer. Mm-hmm. They came, they came to my gym, um, in Maine and did a seminar. Nice. Uh, so they were like, you, you'll be perfect. You would be perfect for doing, um, 
videos. And I was like, yeah, I don't know. They're like, no, you should, you should be like on camera. That's, that's your thing. And so it just so happened the TikTok, <laughs> and I'm, lo I'm loving it now. It's like, okay, I can be myself. I can get the message out there. Um, my brother is an actor. So maybe that has something to do with it. I got that in my genes. Who knows? I there you know. go. Yeah. Um, but you can find me at Beth Farako Fitness on TikTok and Instagram. And BethFaracoFitness.com is my website. Awesome. Yeah. Well, check Beth out. Go follow her TikToks. And if you're not on TikTok and you're listening, get on TikTok. Beth got me on TikTok. Yeah, you're doing awesome. I love your videos. I watch <laughs> them all the time. Seriously. I'm enjoying it. I, similar to what you said, like I've found that leading up until then, I, I've always been very good at like educate, educate, educate. Just yeah. give people quality information, but not necessarily pull my personality into it. And then I, you were like, just get on TikTok. So I hopped on and I was like, nobody knows me here. So I'm just going to go for it. And then yeah. it, it got fun. And then I found out like, oh, people wanted to see that kind of side of me and yeah. see your personality. People like people with personalities. Who knew? You're, great on you're great on camera. You really are. <laughs> Thanks. For real. So yeah, keep doing it. Keep yeah. crushing it. Well, Beth, thank you very much. I appreciate your time. This was fun. Thank you for having me. All right. Super fun. Talk to you soon. Okay. Bye.